Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Jaws for a Minute, the podcast that took a deep dive into Steven Spielberg's 1975 masterpiece and is now setting sail into uncharted waters to discover the world beyond Jaws. I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. And I'm Sarah Buttery, and we are joined by a returning guest, multiple times returning guest. I don't remember how many times you've been on, but it's a lot. Uh, Rob Daniel, welcome. Welcome back, I should say. Hello, it's great to be here. Um, I think this might be my second time, but we've had you on the Robcast a number of times, so um, we're always talking. Mm. And I'm very happy to I be I lose back. track. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we've been over there, you've been over here, we've spoken a bunch of times. It's <laughs> all good. Yeah. As well, as returning guest, uh, we get to ask you the returning guest question, um, which is, uh, which animal do you know that you shouldn't hug, but you would like to try and hug anyway? You wouldn't believe the amount of thought I put into answering this to the point <laughs> where I actually think I've thought more about this than about the film that we're going to be talking about. But um, Nice, uh, nice. Yeah, I think it would have to be an octopus, just because mm. I think it would, it might not be unpleasant, um, but I don't think you should go around doing it. Uh, I would like to have a safety diver with me so that I can be pried loose if the, if the octopus gets, I don't know, overexcited, there's ink involved, anything like that. But um, yeah, I think that uh, an octopus probably, I, w uh, I was going to say a manta ray, but but they're quite friendly, so I think you should, that you are allowed to stroke them and stuff. The ones at the London Aquarium, you're allowed to stroke them. Mm. And they're like a bony Good. jelly, but they're very friendly. So probably octopus. That's a good answer. I don't know, like, the logistics of hugging an octopus. I, I guess feel like just it would like... be an aggressive hug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, think, yeah. Yeah, the octopus <laughs> would do more of the hugging than you. You would sort of like go, that's fine. Am I hugging a tentacle or your head? Or I don't know what's <laughs> happening right now, but... And Steve, the safety diver, can you come a bit closer, please? Because I think I'm <laughs> losing control of the situation right now. Also, the octopus could hug eight different people at once, which That's true. I feel like is a true. But maybe this, suggests this is my hug, though. So, <laughs> this is my uh, hug. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Didn't want. Don't want to muscle in on the uh, the hug with the octopus. <laughs> well, M U S S E L. Yeah. We can have a group hug after I've had my solo hug. That's fine. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. and yeah. seven of your yeah. closest friends. <laughs> the other Rob. Uh, well, you guys, obviously. Yeah. You guys, MJ, we would fly him over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You yeah. have to be Great. on this. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, well, no. Uh, octopus, octopi, I guess, uh, in the film we are talking about today, uh, but there are plenty of sharks. Uh, so we're talking about 47 meters down. Uh, is our This is our last film in our sharky season, so yeah, an honour. Thank you very much. I'm yeah, honoured to be honor, on this Rob. one. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Yeah. Uh, so this film uh, is about two sisters vacationing in Mexico. They're trapped in a shark cage at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, they have less than an hour of oxygen left and there are great white sharks nearby, so they must fight to survive. Uh, basically, they go out on this, I would say, ill-advised excursion with some people they have just met. Uh, a very rusty-looking boat and a similarly rusty-looking cage uh, and then wonder why it all goes awry. So the guys they're with go in first, they come back up, all good. 
the two sisters go in and then something happens. I think the winch snaps. They plummet mm-hmm. to the bottom of the ocean and then it's sort of survival thriller with also sharks thrown into the mix. Uh, it is directed by uh, Johannes Roberts uh, and it stars Mandy Moore, Claire Holt, Matthew Modine, Chris Johnson, Yanni Gelman and Santiago Segura. Uh, it has a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 53% on Rotten Tomatoes and 2.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Okay, what do we think about this film? As our esteemed guests, Rob, you get to go <clears> first. <throat> Well, I really enjoyed this movie. And this was the second time that I saw it this weekend. I saw it at a press screening back in 2017. And it was one of those where, I mean, there are no pretensions to this movie. It is just a survival thriller with Mandy Moore there to get um, a teen audience, I suppose, or something like that. Uh, She doesn't sing in this one, but she does scream. She gives good screams, so she gets to test... (laughs) <laughs> you know her vocal cords a bit and and her range but it's just a it's just a very efficient thriller and it's weird because when you look at the ratings on imdb like a 5.6 um and the 2.4 that you were saying as well it's like that seems a bit unfair or harsh and and then you think well actually no this is just a right in the middle efficient thriller that's very enjoyable it's 85 minutes and out uh it's it's not going to win any awards, but to be honest, there were certain moments of this film that really, really stuck with me over the years. And we'll get onto those bits in a moment. But um, but it's like, yeah, this it seems harsh to give it a middling rating, even though, to be honest, it is just a very, very solid movie. Uh, but it has a real, I think, charm to the characters. I think that the interaction between the two leads is very good. I think that Matthew Modine adds a little bit of class as the as the rusty old captain of the rusty old boat. Uh, (laughs) The the shark effects, I think, are very good. And this was all filmed in, well, some of it was filmed in the Dominican Republic. Most of it was filmed in um, Kent, I think it was, in the UK. Uh, Mm. So they went to Basildon and shot in a big water tank there. And it's like, wow, I would never have guessed. I kind of Mm. suspected this was shot in a tank, but I thought it might have been a tank in Hollywood, not going down to Basildon and (laughs) making your (laughs) big shark movie. So that was a nice Mm. surprise. Uh, Yeah, there are thrills, there are spills, and there are some actually quite nice twists in this film as well. And I like the way, and again, we'll talk about this a lot more, I'm sure, but it, it gives really good obstacle in terms of the things that the two women have to overcome to try and get out of this horrible situation they're in it really creates this alien world at the bottom of the ocean that's just Mm. inky black. And I was watching it the first time and actually thought about it again this time, like anything could come out of that darkness. And Mm -hmm. that's just genuinely scary, right? I mean, it gives, I'd say there's about four or five, no, actually no, I think there's more than that, about five or six really good jump scares in this film that don't seem cheap. They still seem pretty well earned. But yeah, mm. so that's just initial thoughts. Um, and but there's more to say, I'm sure. Yeah, I. It's funny. I I can't remember on what episode we were. I think it was our sh- uh, most recent episode, actually, our episode on the shallows, where we were sort of talking about like 
why hasn't there been uh, a shark film that's as good as Jaws or better than Jaws or whatever? Because that was the thing splashed all over the poster of The Shallows was like the best shark movie since Jaws. Um, and we sort of, we, we got into like, what is it about Jaws that makes, you know, obviously we spent more than a hundred hours doing that, but quickly, like what, <laughs> what was it about Jaws that, that makes it so, that makes it so great. And it's like, well, you could take the shark out of that story and it still be effective in so many ways. I, I, I'm not putting this up as like the best shark movie since Jaws. I do enjoy it quite a bit. Um, but I think that you could take the shark element out of this story and still have a very, very effective thriller because there is enough other stuff and enough other danger that these two characters are in. I mean, I didn't realise I was terrified of like the depths of the ocean until watching this film and like a repeat watching it today. It really got my anxiety <laughs> up. Like just that, that idea of being trapped, the things that you're fighting against, obviously you can't just swim straight to the top because of getting the bends. Uh, the air's running out. You only have a limited supply of oxygen. It's dark. You get disorientated. We see that at moments as well. Like all of these things, scary would still make for a great film even without yeah. the shark element so i'm like great it 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 is effective as a shark film because there's some good sharky action and some really great jumps to get scares with the sharks as well like i jumped a number of times in this film which martin found very funny um because i'm a very jumpy person anyway i saw this at the cinema which is i don't know how i survived it because i'm usually fine with shark films but good lord this one is jumpy um yeah, it, it has so many great things about it. I do have problems with the ending. I will we'll get into it. It is, I think, one of the more divisive elements um, of this film. I was reading a few letterbox reviews and stuff of it today, and so many people just absolutely trashed the ending of this film. I, as you might be able to guess probably mj would be able to guess this i would have pre preferred the bleaker ending to this and i think it's right there for the taking they just didn't have the guts to do it um but i uh, mj's <laughs> furious nodding i really want to know what you think of this because i know this was a first time watch for you so super intrigued what you think i think we agree on the ending which is that's that's good <laughs> yeah, can i just say minutes. very very quickly sorry before mm. and Wow, MJ, I, I did not know this was a first watch for you, so I am fascinated to hear what you make <laughs> of this one. But they actually did do a version of this film last year without the sharks called The Dive. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. if you saw that one, There's, um, which is, again, about two sisters. One is like a real go-getter. The other one is is a bit more of a wallflower. The go-getter gets trapped underwater when there's a um, this rock slide and it falls in and all these rocks fall into the sea traps the sister so the wallflower sister has to keep going up to try and get help mm. and then get oxygen down and there's a whole thing in there about you can't surface um very quickly because you'll get the bends so you have mm. to wait and so well, i've got time because you run out of oxygen all this kind of stuff so it really does do that thing of like it just removes the sharks and just kind of does this story yeah but it's a good film though um yes it's well worth a look so but i do wonder if mr roberts went that's exactly my film. Just Wait a without, minute. Just without the budget for the sharks, but yeah. Um, however, if you if you don't surface correctly, you get the bends. If you do surface correctly, you get OK computer. So yeah. stupid. <laughs> I'll give that a laugh. <laughs> don't. 
Don't I was waiting. Me. I was like, and it's the first thing you said. So yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is off to a great yeah. start. <laughs> it was between that and Claire Holt. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Can we just refer to her like that the whole way through now, please? That's what I did when I was watching it. Um, <laughs> every time. I was just like... Um, anyway, this uh, this movie has the same ending as Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2, which sucks. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, not good. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's it's it, There's some good stuff in it. Um I didn't know they would be in the cage the whole time. I'm a sucker for that kind of conceit of like something that takes place in a very confined area. Like, um, yeah, like I, I like phone booth a lot. I think phone booth's great. Um, great movie. Yeah. 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 I like any sort of like real time thriller as well. Like it's, they have like the, the 20 minutes, like there's this, who's in it besides, is it Johnny Depp and Christopher Walken in Nick of Time? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it Christopher Walken? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, I really like that movie. Um, That's a great film. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's it's a real time movie. Um, Mm. I like I like stuff like that. Um, So I didn't know I was in for that, and so I like that. I was like, kind of like the beginning's not very good with the the the, you know, just the setup. It's not great. (laughs) Um, You weren't into the teen romance drama of this, or the. That she's been dumped. No, yeah, I was confused the, why there wasn't any Switchfoot on the soundtrack and why Mandy Moore didn't have cancer. Um... God. <laughs> We're getting as dark as the depths of the ocean in this film. Right? That was a walk to remember joke for y'all who <laughs> grew up in the evangelical church. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. That was a staple. Um, Anyway, uh, <laughs> dumb. Uh, yeah, this is only the second Mandy Moore movie I've seen. Uh, the other one was actually not a walk to remember. It was uh, Saved. Um, also great movie. Very different vibe. Um, but yeah, it's the setup. I was like, uh, whatever. And then Matthew Bodine showed up and was like, I'm charismatic. And I was like, this is what the movie was missing. Um He's great in it. I kind of wanted more Matthew Modine, but that's how I feel about most things with Matthew Modine. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, I don't know. I didn't have really strong feelings about it either way besides the ending. Like, it, it, yeah, I do wish they would have committed to the bleaker ending. There was a moment, there was a moment near the end where I was like, cut to credit. Please cut to credit. <laughs> and I was like, I would have loved this movie like i would have been over the moon talking about this movie if they would have cut to credits when i wanted them to cut to credits and then they didn't and i was like okay fine um the shark stuff it either needs more or none i felt like like it just the sharks felt incidental to me um yeah i'm interested in that movie you were talking about the dive because I was watching it expecting way more shark stuff than I got, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so when it happened, I was just like, okay. Um, the Ben Gardner scare is the only jump scare that got me, but I really liked it. Um, it also has 
uh, maybe my favorite shot, my favorite single shot in any shark movie that we watched this season, which is the part with the flare. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> so good. That is great. Uh, that was the moment that stuck with me all of these years. That in the cinema was like, wow, that is just a incredible. nightmare image on screen. <laughs> it's so good. So it didn't get me because I've seen the still of that so much. Um, mm. And I'd forgotten it was this one. I thought it was the sequel. I thought it was, I so I thought it was either the sequel or Shark Knight that had that. Um mm shot in it and then when they were surfacing and she had the flare i was like oh shit this is the this is the one with the great flare shot and then sure enough there was uh and i wish that shot would have been a little bit longer but i also understand why (laughs) sharky wise it couldn't be because the shark's just hanging out in still frame like that would be weird um (laughs) but it's a great reveal like what i it, it's mm-hmm. it's really good it just i also but i kind of wish it wasn't in the fake out ending portion of it i wish it was in the the part of the movie that's real um that kind of solid it a little bit for me as well where it was like mm, yeah but still it's uh not part of anything real happening huh mm. um <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. liked the tension of the cage on uh, Mandy Moore's leg. I thought that was mm-hmm. a really interesting, like, when the winch c- cable breaks, I thought that was a really interesting way of, like, um, upping the stakes for the second round of being 47 meters down um, without mm-hmm. just having to rely on the oxygen tank stuff. Um, I think this movie's really bad at communicating who's dead <laughs> and who's where. Like I mm. like the like I did not realize that Kate had died until the end of the movie when we didn't see her get rescued. Um I thought she <laughs> like it looks like she just got knocked out by the the shark. Like there's no blood and then like mm. the stuff with Javi was weird too. Like it's just it's all the 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 kills so to speak are like very close up and so it was just hard to like it was hard to decipher what was going on visually during the shark attack yeah i think i guess it's partly because it it's so dark (laughs) like Mm -hmm. so it they you know if it was suddenly all like lit up and stuff it would be like oh that isn't you know that's not how it is i i get your point i sometimes got like confused about which sister was the one who was currently going out to, mm-hmm. you know, because you literally you only see like you know, like this much of their faces. Yeah. Like yeah, they're doing Tom Hardy with those. Acting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like they 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 look different enough, but also mm-hmm. it's just like when it's dark anyway, and there's other stuff going on, and you're thinking about the other things that happen in the film. Like, and a, a film with two characters for the most part shouldn't be that hard to keep track of like what's going on, yeah. right? Like it's yeah, it 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 should be easier than that. I I really want to talk about the ending because I think this is the thing that we've probably got the strongest thoughts on. The Twilight comparison is very interesting because that's exactly what I thought when <laughs> yes. I watched this. <laughs> yes. And I, I'm absolutely okay with there being some kind of like hallucination. Right. I would like the her being picked up by the Coast Guard to have been the hallucination and then it to have cut to her just cackling at the bottom of the ocean, losing her mind. Credits. Yeah. Like, that's what I wanted. I 
am livid that this film gives you some of like the best sharky stuff in something that isn't real. Yeah. The thing that I always say about the ending of this film is like, I don't know if this reference translates uh, to America, but you know that the the, the uh, Jim Bowen bullseye quote where he's like, "Let's have a look at what you could have won." <laughs> like that's what that's what the thank you Rob. That <laughs> that's yeah. what the end of this film is. It's like let's show you like a really cool sharky action. It's so great ending. It's so good, and you get that amazing flare shot. There's mm. so many oh, just like that stuff is so good, and like. It is. I think it is a cool twist when it's then like, oh crap, none of that happened. Like she's at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. But then, if okay, if you're gonna have that insane hallucination, whatever, right. have her die at the bottom of the ocean at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then yeah, having exactly. her be rescued is like, I don't know. And I think the director said he was like, oh, I wanted to give it a more hopeful ending and and we were talking about this on the shallows episode as well like it's either the girl or the shark that has to Mm. die like one Mm. of them has to it's just you can't have both of them survive or you know i guess you could have both of them die but like her sister dies so one of them dies fine but i just i just want a film to commit (laughs) to that like really bleak ending imagine you watch that film and that's how it ends with her just cackling at the bottom of the ocean, like losing her mind. And you know, that's how she's going to die. No joke. This if that would have happened, that would have, this might've been my favorite film of the main era, yeah. like main shark season that we've yeah. done. Like if it, if it would have, cause it, the, and this is what pisses me off about it is that it feels like it's going to, it starts pulling back. It starts pulling yes. back on her cackling and you're like, oh my God, are they going to cut to credits? And then it doesn't. And you're like, okay, well, then why'd you do that? <laughs> like, And the yeah. thing is, there's a film that has done that ending. So, I don't know, um, spoiler for a film that is about 20 years old anyway. The Descent. The Descent? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which mm-hmm. is the, has that exact ending of like, yeah, she's out. Oh no, her mind has snapped and she's trapped in here. But she's really happy because she's reunited with her daughter. And yeah. but it's all just fantasy. Um, and I couldn't actually remember because I could remember that no, this is there's a fake out at the end. And but I couldn't remember how much of it was a fake out. So it was quite a surprise when it turns out that the mm. climax is the fake out. Particularly to your point, Sarah, about there's so much great stuff in there. That bit when Lisa, the Mandy Moore character, gets snatched as she's about to be pulled up onto the boat and the shark oh. comes and grabs her leg and pulls her down. It's like, that's kind of photorealistic and that yeah. is really well Very done. Good. Great. And, Great. And it's it's like, oh, it's a bit of a shame that all of this is just her fantasy. And she's actually been quite hard on herself in her fantasy. It's like, well, you're really having to earn your rescue. Mm-hmm. I did quite like the way that it's revealed that it's a fantasy because she can see the blood floating in the air in front of her when she's on the deck of the boat. That was good. And then you get Matthew Modine's voice all go very static and that kind of stuff. Um, I, it's weird. This film is a PG 13 in the States. And I reckon that's why it's quite bloodless apart from the injuries. Like, yeah, when they scrape their legs and stuff and the attacks, you're right, are, are bloodless. And I think that the attack on the guy when he comes down was bloodless because it's a PG 13. I think with, um, Kate, uh, I think it's was to make you think that she could still be alive. Um, right. So, and it is, and it's, and I think it's one of those things where the the director saying, "Yeah, I 
yeah, I wanted to give it more of a hopeful ending. And also the producer saying, there's no funding unless Mandy Moore lives at the end of this movie. So it's up to you sure. if you want to. <laughs> and yeah. uh, the, I think I give it a I pass because it is a because it is like a popcorn movie. It is one of those where you're going to get the Mandy Moore audience. And it would have been hilarious to see. Because I think this film did pretty well. <laughs> but it would have been an audience yeah, to see all these young teenagers go in and you know, watch their idol do this and then just die cackling at the bottom <laughs> of the ocean and all just stumble out in silence. That would have been a great moment to have to have been in, but I can see I why mean, they, they watched her die of cancer in a walk to remember. Like the, like that was <laughs> yes, that was her was... first role. Like, but it was golden lit cancer, wasn't it? It was that. Yeah, she that's like fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't yeah, look like that's that's a really good point. <laughs> Her mind snapped on the ocean bed, going, "Ah, I'm with my sister. Everything's all right." <laughs> and then she perishes in the cold, cold, harsh, unforgiving depths of the ocean. <laughs> oh, man, would have been so to be seen again. <laughs> but that would be the better ending, a... definitely. Yeah. Oh, it would be yeah. such a good ending. Um, yeah, th- so I want to push back on the Bloodless thing for it being PG-13 because The Shallows came out the same year? Or a year before? 2016? I think it, I think it was 2016. 2016. Yeah. But... Yeah. Was that a PG-13 uh, as well? What's that? Mm. Sorry, was that a yeah. PG-13? Wow. <laughs> yeah, which is wild. It is the gnarliest PG-13 movie I think I've ever seen. Um, wow, I didn't know as that. far as gore effects go, like it, yeah. And so, I think on the heels of the shallows watching this, it was just like, yeah, you, I, I, I saw what the shallows got away with in terms of gore for mm. a shark movie that's rated PG 13, and like, this ain't it, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> yeah, and then having Kate like bloodlessly die i get it but then it doesn't communicate very well that she's dead until the very 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 end and at that point i just didn't care because i was already mad about the ending that they took away from me um (laughs) i also really thought it was funny that the coast guard super advanced rescue team was just a guy I, mean, there were, I think there were three of them, but I thought they were yeah. going to come down in a submersible or something. And I think, is this like yeah. a budget thing? Because they come down with a spear gun and a knife, and it's like, yeah. Well, you could easily get picked off as well. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. The, the the solution was to send more people down there, like unprotected. It's the Zap Brannigan thing yeah. of descending wave after wave of people down. <laughs> yeah exactly (laughs) there is like i was reading that there are some people who even though the the director himself has come out and been like no she lives at the end we wanted to give it a hopeful ending Mm -hmm. blah 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 A, a lot of people actually think that the the coast guard rescue is also a hallucination where i mean and then obviously it doesn't it doesn't conclusively say it is or it isn't at the end but i'm like this isn't the kind of film that needs needs like an ambiguous ending is it it's it <laughs> heavily movie, like <laughs> it's heavily coded yeah. that that bit is real and that yeah it's yeah, a happy yeah. Ending. yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly yeah, any, yeah, yeah. anyone who's saying that's also a hallucination is just trying to cope with the fact that it didn't commit to the good ending <laughs> right um, exactly that's me <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i'm kidding I, I it's it's real it's yeah I, yeah it, because it's well, it's not as good as the hallucination. That was a better 
rescue. <laughs> but yes. it's yeah, yes, it I was. guess it's That's the more the... the more believable one, yeah. but yeah. whatever. <laughs> but I like the um I did like the way that it has some proper we're gonna say what the audience is thinking moments. Like that great sequence when Kate has to swim across that gulf between the two underwater cliffs to get mm-hmm. the flashlight. And again, it's like anything could come out of that. And she says, I'm really scared and I can't see anything uh, below me or something like that. And it's like, yeah, that's a really good way to say what everyone's thinking right now. And yeah. that, I think it just understands the popcorn moments of that quite well. And when the sharks appear just out of the blackness, or when they glide above her and things like that, it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. well, this is, this is good shark action. And the CGI work here is pretty you can't really spot the joins on this i think there's some early shots of real sharks and again you can't spot the the joins between them and and it feels like underwater as well um sorry it feels like the bottom of the ocean it doesn't feel like Mm. a tank i think it yeah kind of matches well with the surface stuff so i don't know i kind of i know when you get those films that just give you a nice it just gives you a nice thrill ride that you Mm -hmm. kind of let it off the massive massive flaws it has and this is one of those movies for me because everything you're saying about that ending is spot on and i think that as well i think this would be but then i kind of think well i just don't think this is the kind of film that is going to let many more perish at the bottom of the ocean so we're just going to it's like is it not enough that we killed claire holt Claire Holt, yeah. who, sorry, was born in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And I just hope at some point, Johannes Roberts said to his casting director, I don't see why I need to go all the way to Brisbane for an Australian act- <laughs> actress when I have one that can do an American accent right here. <laughs> Beautiful little Jaws <laughs> reference there. Nicely done. Very good. Um, I had a real issue. This is stupid. This is a real nitpick, but I don't care. Uh, I, I thought it was real dumb that this movie was billed as Johannes Roberts' 47 meters down. I was like, don't John Carpenter's the thing this shit, man. Like, <laughs> You're not Kubrick. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I, I so thought that when it's like, really? You're going to do only John Carpenter can get away with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I know, and I know that you wrote this or you co-wrote this, Johannes, with Ernest Riera, who also was the co-writer yeah. on the sequel, but it does seem a little bit self-aggrandizing to call this Johannes Roberts 47 meters down. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, the Bandy like, there Shark is movie? no way this movie is good. Even if this movie's great, there is no way this movie is good enough to earn the this belongs to the yeah. fucking director title. Like absolutely not. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna suggest that we exclusively call it Johannes Roberts 47 meters down for that the on-screen title, if there, right? was a, but... if there was a colon in there, we would have done it. Johannes Roberts colon 47 <laughs> meters down. <laughs> um, that yeah, really, I... <laughs> really bothered me. Because I'd never seen it. Th- okay, actually, you know what? This is a good moment to talk about the title. Um, mm-hmm. Because yes. I, I almost... <laughs> didn't watch this movie or freaked out because I didn't think I could watch this movie 
Um, because the, uh, yep, the cat has strong feelings about this as well. Um, Very true. The, the, oh, my guy. Um, so, I was looking for this movie. I rent most of the movies for podcasts through YouTube because I'm a broke millennial, so most of my streaming services on my television are piggybacked off of my friends and family. <laughs> Um, which means that it is not my credit card tied to those accounts. So if I need to rent something, the only one I have is YouTube. So I'm on YouTube. The way it works on YouTube, I don't know how much you guys rent movies on YouTube. You have to rent it from your phone to watch it on your television, which is really annoying. You mm. can't just rent it from your television. So I type in 47 meters down and I'm looking and it's not showing up and it's not showing up as a rental. And I was like, what the hell? Like this, this is weird. And 47 meters down uncaged shows up and i was like well that's a sequel so what the heck is going on here and then i scroll up and there's a movie called in the deep and i was like is that a different title for this movie because then the like you know how youtube has like the title like in text underneath mm. it says 47 meters down and i was like well that poster says in the deep and i don't know what to do and then every time i pause it i'm gonna dump this in the discord now Every time I paused it, it came up with In the Deep. And <laughs> it wasn't until right before we recorded that I learned that that is an alternate title that actually ended up not really officially being used. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I put it in the in the Discord, in the general text channel. Have a look. Uh, yeah the and did you find out anything around this because i did a little bit of digging and found a small amount of info about why it also has this other title so yeah the bit i found was just on wikipedia and basically dimension had it which is why the weinstein name is on it <laughs> and then they sold it they were gonna do it just as a like a, a home video release and then they sold the rights to something called entertainment studio and then entertainment studios released it theatrically the film was originally titled 47 meters down dimension changed it to in the deep and then entertainment studios changed it back but dimension had already sent out like some DVDs and screeners that with the title in the yeah. deep. And so it, I don't know why it's like that on YouTube though. That doesn't make sense. Weird. Yeah. yeah. That just suggests that someone stumbled across something very random. It's like on prime video where they have all these <clears throat> uh, thumbnail images that say extended cut and it isn't. <laughs> they just grab mm. the first image mm. they can find of, of the movie, no matter what it is, and just put it I mean, it they up. probably have some sort of AI algorithm just pulling random bullshit from yes. the internet, is what it is. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's what it is. It's exactly what it is, yeah. It's, um, yeah, because I was reading that apparently this film was a week from release when it was sold to entertainment studios, and then wow. then they moved it back, and because uh, it was, I think it'd be a 2016 film, and then it was a 2017 film. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, wow, okay, so, and you have to think that some of that is because 2016 was when Me Too happened and the Weinsteins 
then yeah. had well you know all of those revelations dimension studios were yeah of course one of their things and and they became absolute poison um and as you said mj it's the first it's the first jump scare of the film when their names appear and it's like oh yeah totally forgot about that <laughs> 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 yeah. the uh the real monsters of the deep um so <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, thing that wanted... go, go ahead. Go. Oh no, no, I was going to say, uh, really weirdly. So this is produced by a guy called James Harris. In 2022, James Harris produced a film called Into the Deep, which is it looks like a dead calm type thriller set on a boat, and it's like wow. So clearly, he quite liked the title In the Deep, and <laughs> I went with the version of it, but. <laughs> That's funny. Hmm. That is the second episode in a row we have referenced uh, Dead Calm, which... Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Unexpected references. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the title it has is a better title because better. In the Deep is just... In the Deep is just so generic shark insert other sea creature film here. I mean, that's like, like it, that fucking underwater right like yeah what is that <laughs> what is the title of that movie like communicates yeah. nothing about that movie to me which is that movie's pretty good yeah. too like oh, it's, it's not it's bad. good yeah but yeah, that, movie, movie. that yeah. title sucks <laughs> yeah at least in this it's like i mean they do obviously have that moment where like you know they say the title in the film but mm-hmm. that's okay like <laughs> i think actually it's like it's helpful to know the depth they're at because it's not just like oh they're not just like they are at like i don't know if it's like the bottom bottom because it seems that when she like swims off there is then like further below oh, yeah. um so it obviously yeah. like yeah goes considerably deeper than that but it is certainly deep enough to raise my anxiety levels um but yeah i think with the the in the deep thing i don't think it actually went I'm not, I might be wrong on this. I don't think it actually went out theatrically with that title. I think no. it was meant to be like a straight to DVD thing. And then obviously there are like now like a bit of a collector's item thing. Like you can look on eBay and find ones that are like this film, 47 meters down, but with that title. And they're sort of like, like with these, you know, they're then like recalled or whatever. So there's probably not that many copies mm. of this thing. But for nerdy film people who like that, <laughs> who like that kind of thing, like yeah, those copies exist. But yeah, a better, a better title, forty seven meters down. I I haven't seen the sequel. I presume it's the same without a cage, uh, based on the. Uh, Seems like it. <laughs> it. Yeah. By God, Holmes, how do you do it? <laughs> many many more <laughs> No, it's actually. Um... Is, is this a good point to quickly go on to Uncaged, um, yeah, the yeah, sequel? Yeah. So this one stars Sophie Nalise, who is in Yellow Jacket. She was in The Book Thief. Um, she was a young girl from that. And again, I think it's... She's a picked-on student who ends up going on uh, a diving holiday or something like that with with the other students. Um, and I think her dad's an archaeologist and they're in Mexico again. Um, and they go to a city that has um, sunken. It's all underwater. Mm-hmm. And they're swimming around and they come across blind sharks that are just underwater in these caves and they can't see anything because they never go to the surface. But uh, but there are all these sharks there. And so it's not really set 
in the ocean um, for the most part, but uh, it's set in these caves. And heavens, I put it on on Netflix one night, just thinking I just want an easy watch, and I quite like the first one, so I'm gonna watch this one. And it's that weird thing about this is scarier than Jaws. Jaws is the second best film ever made, but Jaws <laughs> does. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, just to all you, Sarah. <laughs> Um, it's I had a bad back at the end of it because I was so tense watching this movie because Whoa. but it's it's all the and I really want you guys to watch it to go wow I'm not entirely sure what was happening with Rob that night because I was <laughs> all right but I don't know what it was but it was so well done in terms of its scares and just the relentlessness of its scares and the escalation of its mm. scares and there's this mm. one very well done moment where they kind of break out into this pool and it looks like they might be able to get out and just the dread of that moment of thinking I, I just don't think you're going to get out of this right now and I'm just mm. waiting for something to happen and it goes on for just the right amount of time for you to go oh please please can you just break this tension so and it actually has a very very I think you'll like the ending more it has a very good <laughs> twist at the ending that is not anything like the twist in this movie, but there's a really nice kind of twist that's like, well, I've never seen that done in a film before. And that's a really nice comic touch. Uh, Yeah, I had a bad back at the end of it. I'm a bit of a shrieker when I watch a movie, uh, (laughs) if it's making me, like I shrieked this afternoon in this a few times um, when I was watching this film, (laughs) Boy Seven Meters Down, and I shrieked throughout Uncaged because Mm. there were just so many wonderful scares. So uh, yeah, that's, that's a pitch for the sequel, which I think is a rare example of the sequel being better than the original. Um, I think it's pretty much done by the same, I think it's the same yeah, director, Johannes Roberts. Can't remember if it's a Johannes Roberts 47 meters down uncaged, <laughs> but I'm sure Colin. it is. Colin. <laughs> Colin uncaged. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's unwieldy as a title, isn't it? Really? <laughs> I mean... Yeah. A colon or colon always makes a title unwieldy, but yeah. I haven't watched the sequel because I kind of just assumed that Sharky sequels are not very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I haven't watched any of the Deep Blue Sea sequels because why would you? Deep Blue uh, sequels. Obviously, yeah, the the Deep Blue sequels, sorry, yeah. The dual <laughs> sequels of varying quality, but yeah, generally like if it worked the first time around, it's like it's probably not going to work the second time. So you have convinced me. I will throw it on sometime because yes, that I sounds will, yep, same. fun. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Apologies if you think, wow, he was he had low critical <laughs> faculties that evening and was just looking for anything to watch. But uh, I do have fond memories of shrieking through it. So yeah. <laughs> I will say. Oh, I definitely will then. <laughs> um. Couple things. One, I like the he does the sequel and doesn't like try to loop it back to the first. Like mm. I think that's yes. good. Um, but as I, I found out that one of the deep blue sequels is a found footage shark movie and I'm kind of mm. on board. I feel like it's probably really bad, but <laughs> I, yeah, I, I found footage shark movie. Sounds great. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Isn't that I'm, one called it's Cage called Dive? Cage Dive, yeah. Colon Cage Dive, yeah. yeah. Deep Blue C3, <laughs> colon Cage Dive. Yeah, that's what we... <laughs> we did that joke last week. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. 
I'm intrigued by a found footage shark film because yeah. I like I wanted I wanted open water to be that, mm-hmm. and I particularly like the bits of the shallows that are that. Mm. So I feel like if you yep. can do that and do it well, really cool, really effective. Because there's something that's just like I don't know when everything's a bit like unclear and blurry anyway. It just like it just increases the anxiety, doesn't it? Because it's like we're not watching this in you know crystal clear HD or whatever. Mm. We're watching this through someone's GoPro or, or whatever. So it's just like the tension is there and yeah getting back to to 47 meters down i think one of the things that it does so effectively is the tension throughout and it kind of i'm okay with the setup in the beginning i think it has to have sufficient setup because there's not a whole lot that can happen once they're down because it doesn't exactly go in real time but it's like the amount of time that they're down there for would probably have been about the amount of time that we we watch it for you're not going to have like more than about an hour's worth of i don't dive i don't know these things anyway right yeah but it seems like that you wouldn't have hours and hours of of oxygen it would be sort of yeah i was reading that um at that depth they would have actually have had about 15 minutes of oxygen which would have been a very very different so but i don't mind that you think you have to yeah tweak it a little bit so that you've got to film yeah yeah this is where we get into like some of the inaccuracies and stuff because a lot of the shark stuff in this is actually pretty on the money. Like pre-recording, we looked up can sharks hear heartbeats? They can. Great. <laughs> um, and like the shark behavior feels pretty realistic to me as well. They're kind of like they're not there constantly. They do come and go, which I do like because they're not like bleeding heavily. There's not a whale carcass like there is in the shallows. You know, there's the whole ocean for them them to be and they just sort of pop up every once in a while so i'm okay with the level of of sharkiness in this but yeah the the some of the diving stuff is not accurate but i feel like it's i'm okay with it for dramatic purposes it it does what it needs to do in terms of like the the tension because you're aware of so many different factors you're aware that their air is is depleting um you're not actually 100% certain if the boat has left them or not because they hear a boat leave at one point so you're like okay even if they can get up is there anywhere you know is there anyone there to rescue them still the 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 panic they're having to like conserve the oxygen as well and then as they sort of pick up injuries as well it's there's just all these things like piled on top of each other that would be there and would create great tension without the sharks being there so I'm I'm I think I'm more fine with the level of sharkiness in this. I just, I am and will continue to be pissed off that the best shark stuff we see is in the hallucination, but that's okay. We've covered, we've covered the ending. We'll we'll talk about the the things that this film does well. (laughs) I did like the, and I think that the, I think that the best part of the film that's not all in her mind is that bit when she does have to swim out to the flashlight. And, uh, um, and that is, is a really good example of what you were saying, Sarah, about, the escalation of tension there so you're swimming over this huge gulf and anything can come out of it you then you get she gets the flashlight and then is that the moment where she sees the guy and i can never remember his name sarah what's what's his character name again Javier, I think. Javier, that's it yeah um is that when she sees him and then after that she loses her bearings and she can't remember which way i think it's the yeah when she and that was a great touch where it was like I have no idea which way I came from and mm-hmm. uh, I'll just have because everything looks the same now. Um, and that moment when he appears 
and he's being attacked. Um, I thought that was good just because of the confusion of it. Like you just you're in the middle of nothing and then another face appears in front of you and it's your rescuer and then suddenly he's snatched away. So mm. that sort of thing I thought really conveyed the um sort of alienness of this. And as I was watching it, I was the first time I was thinking I would love to see what Alfonso Cuaron or Jonathan Glazer would do with this because mm. you could actually make this film I think without dialogue it would be harder mm. to fund but um oh hell yeah it would be one of those things where I think just how alien this environment is and how surreal it can be sometimes and there's actually quite a nice surreal shot of Matthew Modine when they are going down in the cage and he's all yeah. kind of shivering and yeah. rippling which is really unnerving and I think it's also a good film in terms of building the unease because the Kate character played by Mandy Moore just keeps saying what you are thinking, like, I don't want to do this. This looks really unsafe and I'm not sure about this and I'm really nervous. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what you would say, but we all know she's going to get in the water. So there's enough in there to create the unease. And then when they're underwater, I think there's some really quite nice, surreal moments um, that, yeah, those are the reasons why I like it. And I think that the escalation of tension and the sustained tension is really well done. Um, even though, as we have said, and it is worth saying again, that ending does. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, so much of the good stuff is in the ending that's not actually happening. But anyway. Um, yeah. But uh, yes, it would be interesting to see this film play without dialogue. Uh, but then you need to have a moment where they have a bit of a heart to heart on the ocean bed talking about their sister relationship. But it's like, mm. again, this is the reason why this is a Saturday night popcorn movie for, you know, for like a broad audience, yeah. but specifically Mandy Moore fans. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the idea of gravity, but underwater that you presented. Mm. Like, I. Is that a thing? Is there, is there a movie similar to that? I feel like there's got to be, right? Like, that's... Yeah. So underwater comes close in some ways, but it's so fantastical that not really. Um... Yeah, and there's a lot of talking in it. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. Yes, there yeah. is. Yeah. That was the thing. Is like the, I was thinking about the, like, the quiet, like... The rev- yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The sort of contemplative. Because you could eat... I think you could eat... That would easily translate as just as foreign and, you know, like you said, alien. Um... Mm of yeah or like like, yeah like no one will save you but underwater like the all that stuff would translate perfectly fine i think um because the central thing is you're still running out of air mm -hmm. and that's such Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. horrible primal fear that it's like (laughs) even if the sharks don't get me i could just be picked off by this horrible i'm out of my element the environment just wants to hurt me yeah (laughs) yeah and speaking of that, I did like that they, like, gave them extra air, and then Matthew Modine was like, here's why, because they anticipated the audience being like, if you could do that the whole time, what the hell? Um, <laughs> yeah. And so he immediately, like, and this is why I haven't done that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I was, I really appreciated that. I thought that was a great way to get ahead of the audience that they knew were going to be like, what? Um <laughs> So I did like that. I think is term in terms of anticipating audience questions and like leaps of logic, the movie's actually pretty good about getting ahead and staying ahead of the audience with that stuff of like, yeah. here's this, 
here we know your question here's the answer pretty much immediately yeah. Um, and there's a bit of signposting visually, which actually I didn't pick up on the first time I saw it. And I wonder if you thought that something might be happening there, MJ, when you watched it. When she, when the Kate character changes the tank and starts breathing again, mm-hmm. there's a shift. There's like a camera pan around her mask, and it and it gets a lot lighter. There's like not a lot lighter, but there's a subtle shift in lighting where things get brighter, and mm-hmm. kind of suggests that actually something has changed in terms of of her mental capacity basically and it's just this little touch but yeah so she was kate and then she was almost suffocate (laughs) um and then and then oh you know you're not gonna like where this next part's going um and then she did that and there was that visual cue so she was intoxicate and then she got eaten by a shark, so she was masticate. <laughs> I'm out. I'm, 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 I'm applauding. That was. It's pretty. That was some good, good wordplay there, and it just much like the tension in this film just escalated. <laughs> what the next going to be? What could possibly be coming next? Oh, that. What other words um, end in Kate? <laughs> I am racking my brains right the now. The disappointment in Sarah's voice when I said suffocate. <laughs> so good. Uh, and I was trying. Weird, actually. <laughs> I... Did you even hear the and third one, so... Sarah? Or were your headphones off? Oh, I heard I heard suffocate and intoxicate. Was there a third? Yeah, yeah. Masticate. She got eaten by a shark. Oh, no. She got eaten by a shark, so she was masticate. <laughs> Glad I had my headphones <laughs> off. <laughs> I should have just thrown me a surprise for you. Yeah. Oh, little little episode surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I thought I would show some restraint by not going with my pun, but now I'm just going to have to. Yeah, you got to about... Please, let's go. Just that the that that moment when they are talking about their relationship in the cage and how Kate always felt in um, Lisa's shadow that uh, it just allows time for fintimate moments like that and um <laughs> sorry <Huh>? yes <laughs> shouldn't laugh at your own jokes it's so gauche but oh you're talking to the you're wrong, wrong crowd <laughs> wrong crowd buddy <laughs> anyway, we almost so... exclusively laugh at our own jokes yeah, yeah. so <laughs> well, it's the first time you've heard them so therefore they're... yeah they're... yeah right exactly yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will give credit where credit is due. Two thirds of the Kate puns were not written by me. That's okay. It was the delivery that was there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got nothing really. I didn't. I don't think I've got any. I well, did well Anderson, I, Anderson, in my Sarah, notes. He must have some Mandy Moore. There must be some Mandy Moore here somewhere. <laughs> big, big, surprisingly yeah. not. But yeah. always leave him wanting Mandy Moore. Well, it is very Moorish, so uh, yeah. it's very Mandalorian. <laughs> Damn, fluff, fluff that one. No, it was uh, still good. It was still good. I the only thing I wrote in my notes is that is like vaguely punny is that the ending jumps the shark. But yeah, yeah, that's good. That's the Yeah, that was great. The ending does jump the shark. You're correct. Yeah. The so I did have a problem with the sister thing is because. Hey, the movie's half over and you learn their sisters? 
Oh. No, in the beginning, they say, yeah. what? They do. They say that. But that was the other thing I was going to say. Thank you very much for reminding me. There is a... <laughs> the problem I had with this wasn't the... Um, I think, you, yeah, you were talking earlier about the sisters and the... The thing with me was that it's like, if you are, if you put your actors in a mask, that's it, because you're talking about the mask and how you weren't sure who was who. I didn't have that problem. The problem I had is that they just seem like friends because they look so different and one is blonde and one is brunette, so you can tell who is who underwater with a mask on. They, I totally forgot they were sisters, even though it is said at, at the beginning. Because it's like, well, they don't look like sisters. They look so different. But and mm-hmm. and the vibe is kind of more of friends, I think, than sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and I think that's the. But of course, you make them sisters because the bond is, because the level of tension then is like you know, much more escalated. Although I thought that Kate would give Lisa more of a hard time saying it was you that it was your idea for this and yeah. what you've done. But because uh, she does kind of apologize think... for it at one point, but it's like I would have, I would have made her apologize more. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I think we've got their names the wrong way around. I mean, speaking about how interchangeable they are, I think Mandy Moore is Lisa yeah. and Claire Holt. Yes, is she is. Kate. Sorry, yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I yeah no. I mean, it's easily done because four letters. Yeah, <laughs> they, they are interchangeable. <laughs> like yes. they're in masks the whole time. Like yeah, the the, the sister thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're editing this episode. You do what you want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can only apologise for that name fluff. But yes, 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 you're right. Yes, yeah, so it's Lisa and Kate. Oh, all good. The, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the so the the thing they say early on that you go, okay, they're sisters. Like it is fairly subtle. Like they're it's when they're talking about the breakup, and then Kate says to Lisa, she's like, "Oh, do mum and dad know?" Um, and uh. then there's something else they say. I think when they're when they're on the boat, where it's I don't know, like because the, the the dynamic they have is very much big sister, little sister. Like mm-hmm. the big sister is uh, is is Mandy Moore, Lisa. She's more sensible. She's been in a what seems like a fairly long term relationship. She doesn't sort of go out and do all these wild and crazy things. And Kate is the sort of more outgoing younger sister who is happy to go off on these adventures and and, and stuff. And it's like it that dynamic I like, and I think it makes. It makes their decision to get on the boat make sense, even though you, there could not be more red flags uh, <laughs> for for these two getting on this boat. But it's like they're on holiday. She's just gone through a breakup, so she's feeling vulnerable anyway. Her sister is kind of like, "Come on, like make him jealous. Like imagine the pictures, like this sort of thing." And it's like when you've been in that situation, you can kind of you can. I wouldn't get into a rusty ass cage and throw myself into the water, but like you can see it's like, yeah, I want to, I want to do something I've never done before. I'm a whole new person. I'm going to reinvent myself. Who does this loser? You know, they don't know. (laughs) They don't know me. I'm going to show them the wonderful life I'm living now, whatever. So like, yeah, makes sense to a point. Although, yeah questions um <laughs> about, about these shady dudes that they uh get on get onto the boat with i really thought at one point they were gonna leave them i was yeah. just like oh i don't remember that yeah. happening like they're just like peace <laughs> we're out of yeah, here <laughs> yeah we are so going to prison for this right <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah you winch yourselves out of this one i'm out of here <laughs> 
were calling them wenches no. for some reason, and I was like, okay. <laughs> you winch these wenches out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb. That's stupid. The, um, yeah, you're right about the red flags. It's almost comical the way that they're just being so kind of blasé and reckless, and they're just yeah teasing the women and saying, oh, yeah, it's got a stuff and like, uh, yeah, the sharks don't hear underwater. We have to chum the water. We can't say, hey, come over here because they can't hear very well. Ha ha ha. But they can hear your heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, I just would say, right, can we just go back now because you are so shady and this mm. <laughs> is clearly going to end in complete disaster. Um, yeah. Apparently, the there were obstacle, um, obstacles, I'm uh, reading my things, there were scenes filmed with Stuart, the ex-boyfriend, mm. played by James Vanderbeek, but they were cut. Um, what? So, so that's what I was reading. They're not on the DVD. I do have to admit, I did buy the DVD because I was really worried I wouldn't be able to find this film to rent to watch it in time. <laughs> so I now have 47 metres down on my shelf and I am just looking forward nice. to my friend saying, why have you got that one? <laughs> because it was very... <laughs> integral to the because <laughs> it's a great film yeah <laughs> um but yes but they're not there are no cut scenes on the bare bones dvds there's about 20 minutes of interviews with mandy moore and claire holt and mm. johannes roberts uh which don't really give a lot away apart from just how much fun they had making it and stuff like that although mandy moore did say that being underwater was like being in space so um yeah. she said it just felt like being in space so yeah <laughs> and the accolades section of um, the Wikipedia page, it says 47 Meters Down was nominated at the 44th Saturn Awards for Best Horror Film in 2018, but lost to Get Out. And it's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Fair. Probably should have. <laughs> Absolutely. This makes sense. This makes sense. Um, so, Jules references in this film, I don't know if anyone else is keeping track, but I've written quite a few down. Uh, Firstly, Matthew Modine is dressed as Quint. Yep. Uh, <laughs> throw that out there straight away. They have a reference to uh, how big the shark is yep. on the boat, and it's twenty. They say twenty-five foot, or they can get up to twenty-five foot. Yeah. He says twenty-eight, reference. which is crazy. Wild. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He goes, "This one's twenty feet. I've seen him as big as twenty-eight, and I was like, "The fuck you have!" I was so mad about yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the guys who are like the young guys who are like, oh yeah, the sharks can get up to about twenty five foot mm. or something, and then it's like, yeah, then Matthew Modine just th- throws up twenty eight foot. Um, a lot of yellow, specifically around the cage yep. as well, yep. like the little lights that are attached to it. Yellow oxygen tanks, yellow. Um, I get it; it's a visible color, so you know a lot of diving shit is yellow, but it's a jaws color, so it's worth mm. mentioning. <laughs> the um, what else did I write down? The the opening, the sort of like from below looking up shot is like pure jaws. Uh, but weirdly, the like the 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 wine being spilt into the water is from Deep Blue Sea. So oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> chuck in a Deep Blue Sea reference as well. Um, I quite liked that visual, even though it was like a little on the nose. Yeah. But the fact that it was in a swimming pool, I was kind of like, okay, cool. This one. I, I can, liked it when I it was. It off. Uh, <laughs> I liked it when it was in that perspective, and you could see it in her hand over the side. Yes. Like I was like, that's great. That's a cool like, shot. That's really really neat. And I liked just how long it held that shot um, to do the Jaws reference, but also like put its own little like kind of own it for itself. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. 
Um, actually, that was probably yeah. my favorite Jaws thing in the movie. Was that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if they. Were, I mean, they were the ones I wrote down. I don't know if anyone. That's probably the other thing is that. Spied any others, but. It's um, it's in a cage. Hooper gets in the cage. I mean, I was thinking at one point, yeah, you got to get into the cage. The cage goes in the water. Sharks yeah. in the water. <laughs> like, yeah. You yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's that. I did Ladies. when they were, yeah, when they were getting lowered, and there's that shot of Matthew Modine. I was like, oh, he's not going to take one of their glasses and put them in his mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, they they do Ben Gardner. Javi Javi is Ben Gardner. They do. Yep. You're right. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Great jump scare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it works too. Like I was just like, "Whoa, this is the only other time I've seen Ben Gardner work." Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's the only time I jumped in the it. whole movie. I was just like, "Wow, all right, good job, guys!" Like, someone else cracked the code on on the Ben Gardner scare, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they nailed it. Um, I can't remember what I was gonna say. We just. <laughs> What are you thinking? Can we talk about the remake of this film um, that James Harris, the producer, did called Fall, which is the exact oh. same film, but up instead of down. It's oh. 610 metres up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. No, thank you. <laughs> right I down haven't seen that have film. You, but I don't, no, I uh, thing is, I'm not scared. Of, I'm not scared of heights, but I don't want to test it. So yeah, it's I'm just it's, <laughs> it's pretty well done, but it's um good. yeah, it's well. I don't. I want to be careful talking about it because it is kind of exactly the same structure as this film. Exactly the same structure as this film, and it's like oh, so the producer said. Yeah, we'll do the same script, but we'll just put it up instead of down then. Um, again, it's two women. Um, one is emerging from a breakup and they're friends and she's a wallflower. The other one is uh, um, is more of a go-getter and convinces her to, that the best thing to do to get over this thing that's happened in her life would be to climb this very rickety radio antenna out in the middle of nowhere in the American desert. And of course. they, and obviously the ladder drops off and they can't get back down again. So they think, well, how are we going to get back down? And there's even um, a creature that makes, I think it's, is it a vulture or something like that? So there is some wildlife around that also makes it much more difficult for them. But the central thing is like, well, we can't stay up here forever. And Mm. yeah, not to labor the point, but exact structure to this film. (laughs) And it's like, you can't do that again, but we just did. It does kind of remind (laughs) me also of, um, have you guys seen Frozen? Not that one. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, the one in the ski lift. Um, mm. Chairlifting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good film. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but it's the same. <laughs> it's the same movie. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's... It, it, I guess that the, the, the point is maybe that this, this does follow those kind of like extreme situations, survival... Right. Survival beats. horror, man versus nature type of deal. Yeah, yeah, that's like, like that's okay. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah it, as long as it's not like trying to do the exact same thing where you're kind of like, hang on, I've seen this before. Obviously, like the more you watch of those films, the more you can be like, okay, instead of you know forty seven meters down, this is two thousand feet up or whatever yeah. fall is. Like, yeah, it, it it's just yeah, different 
different scenarios, like different situations. So there can still be things there that you're like, that are scary, that are that that add that tension there because it's just a different set of circumstances. But I, I think I mean, this film, and I'm I'm sure Fool does as well. I haven't seen it succeeds in what it is setting out to do which is like present a genuinely anxiety inducing situation and just kind of like letting it play out in almost real time with various elements working against them that they have to try and resolve and what i like in this as well is that because it works in the shallows because they set it up well enough, but like these these two gals are not as capable <laughs> as our Blake Lively is in the shallows. Like she it's and because they set her up as like, you know, dropped out of medical school, she, you know, is a, a person who is like very organized, has a shit together and her ducks in a row and whatever. Her seagulls in a row, sorry. Um <laughs> and uh is it's then believable when she is doing the things that she is doing. In this, it's kind of like, well, they say that Kate has been diving before, but I don't think she's necessarily, like, professional. She kn- she knows how the equipment yeah. works and stuff, but she's not, like, so beyond capable. And they lie to get into this situation in right. the first place as well, which is kind of like, they really are left to their own devices uh, once they're down there because they don't, they know enough. They know that if they just get out of that cage and go straight up, that's not going to end well for them. They know they need to conserve their air. These just feel like things that anyone would or should know in in this situation. It's just common sense. Um, but by having them be people who have got like enough knowledge but not experts, I think works for for this film. Even having one person who was like, I know exactly what I'm doing and let's go kind of thing wouldn't wouldn't work for this kind of film because there's so many other things they have to try and negotiate at the same time as well as like keeping each other calm and looking after mm-hmm. each other as well and I like getting back to the sisters thing we were talking earlier I like how those roles switch and continue to switch throughout the film and it seems to depend on like who has the most oxygen at the time as well yeah. which again makes sense because you know more air you have the more i don't know alert whatever you're feeling and and able capable of doing these things but they sort of like look out for each other throughout and that dynamic switches which i think it could work if they were friends but it makes so much i think it makes so much more sense as as sisters where you sort of you know the big sister little sister dynamic but that does at points in life change yeah. I think as well. So yeah, it makes sense in this film to have it have it be that way. Yeah. And it's a nice touch that um that Lisa, the Mandy Moore character, has to swim out because she has more oxygen. And that's really mm. the only it's like I have to go because I've got more oxygen, even though she has to, yeah. I'm not as capable as you. Which is a nice bit of screenwriting in terms of, well, this is kind of her journey, so therefore she has to leave the mentor and go off and yeah, have the adventure and then come back. I mean it's all it's all archetypes, but it works well when it's done um when it's done with some kind of justification within the plot yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh i don't know I, it's fine it's still fine like it just, i just have no real strong 
feeling about the film besides the like the end could be better and the flare shot is great did you jump that aside did you like it yeah (laughs) did i like it yeah, yeah like that the ending aside did you like it yeah i mean it's well paced right like it, it doesn't wear out it's welcome it's you know 89 minutes and you're out and mm-hmm. uh the sequel's 90 minutes it's only a minute longer so uh right. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i mean it knows what it's doing it's got like like you said it's got no pretension but i would probably line up with the that letterbox score you know what i mean like okay. I, it's fine like if if yeah, I, I I I can't really knock it for anything besides the ending, but I also have enjoyed other films a lot more that we've watched this season. But yeah, it's like I don't know. There's some there's some cool stuff in it. Um, I'm always gonna be slightly endeared to something that's like one location or like a claustrophobic sort yeah. of you know we're we're just in this cage. And the mm-hmm. moments outside of it are few and far between and brief. You know, I think that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's well made. It's like the effects are serviceable. Like, I didn't think they looked incredible. I didn't think they looked terrible. But mm-hmm. I, I had no real, like, nothing really grabbed me out of this movie either, besides the flare shot that I've seen online a bunch. <laughs> so. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry you couldn't have the experience I had, which was uh, which was just a bit warmer to the film than that. I kind of it's you know I mean it is a three star movie, um, mm-hmm. but I think it does enough film um, enough things well that it's like I'll probably watch it probably I don't know once more in my life at some point. It'll be just on and I'll think yeah I can watch this. It's it's nicely done and I do I did think the effects were good when the shots were kind of gliding around. There's a couple of shots when when they're out of the cage and either a shark kind of passes over one of the women or it swims past them and and the size of it and the mass of it i thought was was really well conveyed particularly yeah. to just how small they are and mm. and it has again there was like a nice i think there's a it's when kate the Claire holt character goes up to the surface or goes up to talk to matthew modine which is another yeah good touch that they had to leave the cage to be able to speak uh-huh. to get into radio distance yeah i like that a lot um, and Mandy Moore is, um, so Lisa is in the cage and she's got her legs kind of tucked up under her chin and is just kind of sitting there looking very small and very scared. And it's like, again, there's just something that's almost like a fairy tale image or like a fairy tale book image, but she's underwater in this cage. And there's just something slightly off and weird about that that I think the film does well just in small moments like that. But uh but I do think we've given this its fair day in court. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much else. Yeah, I... It's pretty slight. Like, most of these shark movies are pretty slight, is what I'm learning, and I didn't... Yeah. I don't think I realized that. Um, not a lot of... Uh, pun not intended, I guess. Uh, meat on the bone for a lot of these. Like, <laughs> it's not a lot... Oh, man. Pun really not intended. There's not a lot in these movies going on under the surface, which is, you know, the, that's the advantage... <laughs> Wait. That's the advantage Jaws has, right? Is there's a lot going on sure. under the hood of that movie. And yeah. that's what makes it, you know, eternal as far as I'm concerned. You know, that's what that's what keeps people bringing brings people back over yeah. the years, right? Is like, yes, the shark stuff is good. The shark stuff is great. Um, but these those, those characters, the themes, the way it's set up, just the the way it approaches 
not just what happens when sharks attack, but how people respond to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the elements that's really not lacking, I should say, from these other films. But that's the stuff that keeps it evergreen. Is it's just like, mm-hmm. what would this happen? Be- what, how would I react in this situation? What would my town do if I lived on the coast? You know, like, yeah, it keeps the audience asking questions. And then just you know, the script is also full of some of the most quotable lines in film history. You know, like that 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 goes a mm-hmm. long way. If it helps. <laughs> your movie is quotable, it 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 is evergreen, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And if your film's one of the best written scripts of all time, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And then the filming of it does justice to that, and yeah, uh, yeah that means you got to stand ahead of the crowd. And that's the thing is that. With shark movies, where they open with a showstopper, you should never do that, right? Because they mm-hmm. went to go after mm-hmm. a showstopper. But you kind of open with quite simply one of the finest films ever made. And then yeah. I think the other thing about shark films is that I'm sure this has been mentioned a million times is that they're all about a situation, and that situation tends to be just one thing that they have to get away from, that the people have to get out of this environment and get away from the shark. Jaws, the reason why Jaws came back during the COVID pandemic is because this is about a crisis and it's about how a community deals with a crisis and how the good people and how the not so good people deal with a crisis. And it's all really believable. And it also allows, and I just watch it thinking, these we just don't get characters like this in blockbusters anymore. When I dragged a lot of my friends to go and see it at the Prince Charles cinema on a 4th of July screening one year, that scene with Mrs. Kitner is like, there was just a hush in the audience. And it's like, yeah, when was the last time you saw a blockbuster movie that had a scene like that mm-hmm. in it with yeah. such a wonderful ending yeah. when it's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Martin, she's wrong. No, she's not. Mm. And then it just cuts to him drunk with his kid because, uh, and, you know, the dinner's not been touched. And it's just like, so I think the 47 metres down isn't quite up there with this. <laughs> but Jaws is because... Everything's always going to be in the shadow of Jaws, even though I would say I shrieked a lot more and jumped a lot more at this film, and particularly the sequel, Uncaged, mm. uh, than I ever do with Jaws. But Jaws is, is well, it's 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 just a masterpiece, and yeah. So there we go. It's uh, we'll yeah. always go back to Jaws, obviously. Yeah, I I, I don't want to necessarily open up the can of worms on the like Martin Scorsese calling Marvel films theme park rides thing but it's it's kind of kind of relevant to my point uh we'll save that we'll save that for the other part um that even though weirdly jaws then did have a theme park ride made of it you don't watch that film and think like "Woo, this is a this is a ripping roller coaster of a film is it it's like it's it has moments of surprise you know shock tension drama uh funny bits as well you know great great human drama as well as kind of like shark action but when i think of all my favorite moments in jaws not really any of them involve the shark that much it's all about the interactions character interactions whatever but like i would fairly confidently say every shark film since jaws has felt more like a we're using sharks as like, like it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Like you know, mm-hmm. the the 
the thrills come, you're sort of climbing up and then it's just like, whoa, there's a thing jumps out at you and then it's, you know, you ride down the other side of it and the ride keeps going sort of thing. That's what all of these films, a lot of these films feel like. They're all sort of around 90 minutes Mm -hmm. or less, occasionally a little more. Mm -hmm. They all sort of follow a fairly similar thing. Like you said, Rob, it's like there is just this one thing they have to get out of. They're in a cage. They're stuck. They're sharks. She's on a rock. There's a shark circling. You know, they're... What happens in the reef? They're, they go out swimming and... Boat capsizes. They, you know, boat capsizes. That's, that's yeah. what happens. <laughs> um, get out of the water. There's a shark, there's, yeah, there's a shark in a supermarket. You know, yeah. uh, great. Like, it's just one thing. It's one It's one setup. Like, other things happen. And I do enjoy 47 Meters Down. I, I, yeah. It's one of the better films that we've watched in this, in this season. That I would agree um, and one of the maybe three or four that I would kind of like willingly throw on again. Um, but this is the problem, right? This is why there has, hasn't has ever been and will never be a, quote, shark film as good as or better than, than Jaws because yeah. they did it perfectly the first time around and you're never going to get better than that because every other film shark film since then even if you can remove the shark element from it and it still work as is the case with with 47 meters down and some of the other films we've watched as well it's the way that they like use the sharks in the film if that makes sense like jaws is just a film it happens to have a shark in it everything since then has been a shark film like the shark is like the main thing it's which is why I the suppose reason even, you're watching it. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And I think, obviously, every single film is trying to be Jaws, because Jaws is, quite simply, sure. the second finest film ever made, sorry, Sarah. <laughs> but it's the... What's it behind? Second... I need to know what, what it's behind. It's behind the Lindsay Anderson film, If, which is oh, okay. such a masterpiece. But uh, I, I think there's a lot of your... It's very good. There's a lot of your listenership now saying, what a pretentious gift that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jaws is obviously the winner. <laughs> but I think it's one of those things where all these films are obviously trying to chase Jaws. They all actually are much more like Jaws 2, which is yeah. which is more of a horror film. And there's and it's no I mean, Jaws 2 comes out in 1978. Halloween comes out in 1978. Jaws 2 is kind of a slasher movie as well. There's mm-hmm. teens trapped in a single location and, and the monster's coming to get them. And I think shark films after that are, are more like a slasher movie. It's like there's a, there's a big bad and it's it's going to pick them off one at a time. Um, and that's and that's the situation and that's the crisis. And there's no, there's no real change of location. And that's the great thing about Jaws. I mean, yeah, to your point, Sarah, when you think about Jaws, I think about the, the scene at the table, the Mrs. Kittner scene, which is just mm. so amazing. Mm. Um, the scene actually... Indianapolis. In the hospital. Yeah, indeed. Um, mm. But the scene in the hospital after um, uh, after the attack in the pond and mm-hmm. just the family interaction there. And then the scene uh, with Brody and the mayor. And it's like... So good. All of these are the scenes that I go back to when I think about the film... And obviously there are some amazing shark moments in there as well. Um, mm-hmm. But even then, it's like the things that it's the character beats around the shark moments. So things like um, Coral Reef or like, uh, I can't remember what he says now, but 
the fish that chewed through this piano wire mm. never oh. tell me my business again yeah, yeah, yeah and that kind of stuff it's like that's a really really good bit of character work after a moment of tension and mm-hmm. and that's why jaws is just so so brilliant so i'm gonna have to go and actually mm-hmm. watch jaws now so i'll see you guys later yeah but... yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah I mean, that, was, that was my whole thing right i'm gonna do a, sh- a shameless self promo here uh especially because george finally isolated just my part of that video but uh so uh jaws pinball is coming out um we yes yes Woo! the lj fam uh, uh crew have heard of it uh we so you can stop sending it to us we've we've been sent it enough. um so many times yeah I've, yeah so many times i had to answer that question so much this weekend um because i'm a part of the pinball community and everyone knows i love jaws so everybody i saw this weekend was like what do you think what do you think what do you think and it's just like here's a two-hour stream so um i was on my friend george who is a pinball streamer um under the name don't panic flip um on twitch and facebook and kick and youtube um to talk about the reveal of the jaws pinball machine this is the first official jaws pinball machine there's never ever been a jaws pinball machine officially released before um which is kind of mind-boggling um but i was on there and in true lj fan fashion i took seven minutes of video <laughs> and turned it into a two-hour discussion about this machine um <laughs> and uh, yes so when i got on there george was like this is your ultimate dream theme pin and i was like not really and the reason why is because pinball is a very high adrenaline fast-paced game and jaws is not really that like it it really isn't at its core it's just about like four dudes bouncing off each other um and like the ways in which Mm. their masculinity are used to build up or tear down their communities. Um, Like that's what the movie (laughs) is. Right. And last year we saw the release of the Godfather pinball, which is a theme nobody asked for in pinball, because if you look (laughs) at the themes that pinball go to, it's like guardians of the galaxy, venom, Deadpool, the Foo Fighters, like, (laughs) <laughs> you know like that's that's what happened iron maiden godzilla jurassic park like um it's all music and like borderline horror movies but then godfather comes out and it's like well this, is, this movie is mainly people talking for three hours like this is a, this mm-hmm. is a family drama like why is this a pinball machine <laughs> um now i guess the counterpoint is that one of the most popular pinball machines of all time is the adams family and also not a high octane thriller but uh yeah i was really really nervous about seeing a jaws pinball machine because to me the movie is so not about the moments you would build a pinball machine around that i don't know how you would convey Mm -hmm. that theme uh as a pinball machine and still do justice to the film what I will say, based on the trailers, is it looks like they kind of did it, which is wild to me. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's so not about the thing you would want to build, you know. A, and there have been several Jaws video games, right? And, like, mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. mainly just playing as the shark eating people. And it's like, well, that's not, that's not a Jaws game. Then. Like, that is a Jaws <laughs> game in name only because yeah. the shark does not actually eat that many people. Um, mm-hmm. so 
yeah i was very very nervous about that as like this weird nexus of my hobbies like slammed into each other at light speed where it was just like we created the perfect item for mj and it's like well maybe maybe not let's see how it goes but um also if you're wondering i will probably be getting my hands on the machine late next month um i will not be getting one my local arcade <laughs> is getting one. Um, <laughs> we're not we're not millionaires <laughs> yeah 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 uh, pinball machines are expensive uh, i'm selling everything i own so i can have this one thing yeah <laughs> it's an ebay fire sale um uh, <laughs> yeah so uh, i'd be interested in playing a jaws pinball machine i have to admit just to see how they could put the jaws narrative into that particular setting. I mean, mm-hmm. the Godfather sounds impossible. And the Adams family is like, well, it's a kid's thing. There are lots of fun characters and mm-hmm. and there's the theme and that kind of stuff. I, I can see how that would work for the Adams family, but the Godfather is like, wow, okay. <laughs> Francis yeah, but... Ford Coughlin needed some money. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I have played three, four games on the Godfather, and I one don't understand the rule set to that machine whatsoever. It is beyond me. But also, I just like the whole time I'm playing, I'm just like, who asked for this? Like, who, what, who is this for? What is the point of this? Like, like there's like Sicily multiball is not. That's not like. What are we doing here? Like, what, what is that? Um, There's also. I wonder if it's just like because of how iconic like the poster is like everyone right. knows like the godfather poster so just like as an image it's just like an iconic thing to have i think even people who aren't film people are like would recognize that poster they recognize the font mm-hmm. they recognize you know the the dude and they're like yeah that's that's the godfather yeah i don't know if it's that i mean it still doesn't make sense as as a pinball and they do mostly horror slash horror adjacent theme so like most recently they did scooby-doo as a theme um but then every once in a while what they do is they will release two games with two different themes uh at the same time and they just announced uh they're doing a looney tunes themed game but in order to keep uh horror so it's the same layout but a different theme they're doing texas chainsaw massacre and it's very funny that those two franchises are now connected by pinball um wow but I can kind of wrap my head around one. The thing about Texas Chainsaw Massacre pinball is usually in a horror theme. You are someone trying to survive the horror film that you are playing Mm -hmm. in this. You are the family. Um, So the goal is to murder as many teenagers as possible, which I think is a very funny theming for a pinball machine. But I can wrap (laughs) my head around a Texas Chainsaw themed pinball machine i could not wrap my head around something like say and horror themes do it actually really really well as pinball machine the exorcist but that has a great poster <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. but like the exorcist is not like that's not that does, you can't that sounds impossible right no. like, <laughs> i would love for an exorcist yeah. game where you have to strike three i mean this is i'm just gonna say my complete ignorance about how all these things work but you need to strike three of the things or knock them down whatever you do within a pinball thing so that it will then start swearing at you yeah and oh yeah, yeah some yeah. of the really, really great <laughs> yeah. swearing yeah, yeah, yeah. Change for just actually. vomiting yeah. <laughs> it sprays out of the coin <laughs> but the yeah. the test of chains for master i i could see that because there's well you have the 
you have the sound of the chainsaw, you have the screaming, and you also have the sound of the photos at the beginning being taken with mm-hmm. that kind of weird flash mm-hmm. sound. And it's like, there's there's some good sounds in that well, movie. They also, like, they went use. out of their way and they added, like, there's a meat grinder on the playfield that your ball can travel through that looks, like, really neat. <laughs> oh, and then, like, <laughs> there's, like, there's hooks that the balls lock on oh, to wow. start your multi-ball. Like, it, it, it's pretty cool, actually. And, like... The art is properly gross, but kind of beautiful in that way. Like, it's very brown and red, right? But you want that out of your text. Like, you want it to be a little, like, should I touch that pinball machine? Because I feel like I shouldn't. Um, we've gotten way off topic on that. Uh, but to bring it back to the Jaws, the, the Jaws of it all, like, most of these other shark movies we've watched, I could see working as a pinball machine because it's essentially just, like, shark attack movie pinball, right? Jaws is a lot harder and like I don't know like obviously I haven't played it yet but now that I'm thinking about it and once again shameless self-promo I'm going on George's podcast tomorrow night yep at time of record um to talk about this I don't know that they've really nailed what the theming of a game like that should be which is that you are playing as Quint and your job is to hunt four different types of sharks and then show have a showdown with the great white um you have now made a pinball machine in which the goal is to die and like (laughs) like if you are quint the ultimate end for that character is you get eaten by a shark so unless it's a quint quint prequel yeah when he's just out doing his sharky hunting business but then it is very themed around jaws they've basically just taken the back half of this film only and gone there's the game and fair because that's the most like adventure movie right part of it right like you know the three guys on a boat hunting down the shark sort of thing like you can see that working Mm -hmm. as a game but then bringing it back to like other shark films that aren't jaws what you said, Rob, about like most shark films since then are actually more like Jaws 2 than they are Jaws. That makes mm-hmm. a whole lot of sense. But also I think it's just they're looking at, even though there is shark stuff that happens in the first half of Jaws, like all the Amity stuff, it's like every other shark film is just ignoring that portion yeah. of it, which is mm-hmm. arguably the most interesting part yeah. of Jaws, or it's certainly like how the characters are set up and everything that we kind of need to know about this place these people and what this means to actually do all the stuff in the second half is laid out for you in the first yeah every other shark film since then has really only looked at like the back half of jaws and gone i'm gonna i'm gonna do that and like it doesn't what i guess it just i guess what we're kind of concluding is it doesn't work if that's all you have like not every film could or should try and completely copy jaws and just try and do that same thing again because mm. it's just it's not possible they you know they even tried it with the jaws name and it didn't work because you just can't you can't beat perfect you can't beat perfection <laughs> no, but like they're yeah they're just taking the kind of like the tiny small element of jaws and and taking that sort of like action-packed back half of the film and just making a load of other films like that which i get uh, yeah the 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 pinball thing that's that seems like that's what they're doing as well with that game is just looking at you know the part that's an action movie half of the film yeah yeah the the part that's an action movie and that like i guess in some context could make for a good game but right yeah but on that note though i think if there isn't a corner of the 
um, machine that has that has a picket fence that you need to knock down. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that so much. And if you get them all There's down, a, I mean, that it says, yeah. oh, it's karate in the picket fences. <laughs> I will say everyone should go and watch i guess there's a shortened version mm-hmm. of it the like the live thing that yeah. you did i, I watched the whole thing because i'm a nerd but you're like breaking down particularly of the easter eggs in that game really good i hey. think we I'll give it a look. go everyone should go and give that uh give that a listen the podcast as well when it comes out even though it hasn't been recorded yet i'm just assuming it's going to be great so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, i'll have more to say on that because yeah because we'll there's official, a lot we'll have official gameplay videos today yeah at time of record so yeah. um i'll have more to say on the podcast about that i have a big rant about the fact that brody's not in the game but i will point you to the podcast for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> basement dad's basement dad's podcast oh. is the name of that podcast. <laughs> great we'll probably tweet, we'll tweet out the links yeah. and stuff to to that when that comes out as well um i i guess we should probably start wrapping this yep. up i mean i could I just did ch- plugs, chat so. <laughs> chat jaws and uh jaws and other things forever but uh yeah we did have some tweets uh about this i apologize again that i put out the tweet really late uh one day i'll get better but i don't know can't promise <laughs> uh <laughs> uh at double o griffin griff have not heard from griff in a while hey uh always hey, did he come on the podcast yes maybe i think so griff long time ago been on the podcast yeah 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 I've got a terrible memory. Anyway, hi, Griff. Uh, <laughs> loved it, but can't help feeling the ending ruins the whole film. <laughs> Correct. Uh, there's a theme to these tweets. Uh, at Foxy Snob, I love this film. I have to agree with the piss poor ending, though. It should be a <laughs> it should be a cautionary tale. Watch out for dodgy blokes with a crappy shark diving pal. Yes. Very excellent point. <laughs> the all, all the there. red flags. <laughs> all the red flags uh and at fundamentals pod aka harley uh said the thing i remember most from watching this movie is my dad walking into it around the midpoint and shortly after he called the twist as the main character made a break for the surface fair play for guessing the twist in this yeah. because yeah. i didn't yeah. <laughs> so uh he also said also the safe word for this movie is cage dive you're welcome bye <laughs> was how he signed off that tweet uh listen to last week's episode <laughs> context on that uh uh thank you to everyone for those thoughts and for getting in touch and thank you to our uh patrons as well uh if you want more of this but if you can imagine it slightly more chaotic that's what you get over on our patreon or it seems for this shark season at least that's what it's been uh patreon.com forward slash jaws for a minute is where you can find all of that uh three dollars three pounds a month and you get all of our bonus content we're gonna have we haven't recorded it yet, but we're going to do like a shark season <clears throat> wrap up episode Q&A type thing. Um, I'll tweet out details uh, for how you can get in touch and ask questions. But yeah, we're going to be sort of looking back on our shark season top three, bottom three films maybe that we've covered um, across the patron and the, the main season as well. So I wonder what yeah. our bottom one uh, will be. Uh... Come on. Well, <laughs> Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It'll be the same. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll save it. Save it further. <laughs> but everyone will be able to guess it if you've listened to all the patron episodes. Yes. Um, so shout out to our current patrons. They are Tim, Eric, Blake, Andrew, Rachel, Katie, Mike, Callum, Cameron, Jack, 
Chris and the Uncut Gems podcast. Um, huge thank you to those guys. And yeah, you can find the details of our Patreon uh, on our Twitter, all our other social medias and whatnot. Rob, thank you. A thrill, a joy, a delight. All the other things I was going to say <laughs> to have you on again. Uh, let the good the good people know where they can find you and uh, plug your, your fine podcast as well. Well, first of all, thank you very much. And uh, I just have to say that you should... You don't do a vodcast, do you? No. Because no, cause the fun... Because <laughs> it's been fun to to do this with all of our cameras on and yeah <laughs> it's um although then again if uh, it was a podcast i wouldn't be able to laugh at it in sainsbury's like i do sometimes when i'm listening to the episodes and uh, laugh at it while shopping because True. there's always yeah. something very very funny in these episodes and um well congratulations on a fantastic set of episodes about shark movies and uh, yeah it was it was really nice come on for the final one um if you want to hear more of my thoughts about films, then I do a podcast called The Movie Robcast with Mr. Rob Wallace, who has also been on this lovely, lovely show as well. And you can find that wherever you're listening to this. Um, you can also find us on Twitter um, at Movie Robcast and on Instagram at The Movie Robcast. And you can drop us a movie-themed email at moviebrobcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, thank you again. This has been huge fun to talk about this lovely silly shark film. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, thank you. It. Yeah, we <laughs> we always always have so much fun talking to you guys. Yeah. I think my still, and I probably say this every time one of the Robs is on the podcast, our piranha uh, piranha two piranha episode the episode we did is probably one of my favourite guest episodes ever like i think about it a lot yeah. and how stupid and how fun that episode was like when the four of us come together chaos just seems to erupt naturally uh that's that was so much fun doing that episode so if people i mean listen to all of the movie robcast but like go and listen to that episode for just <laughs> pure chaos it's brilliant <laughs> <laughs> can i well just to well thank you very much for that because uh I always think that it's a nice podcast when your face hurts at the end of it because you've been laughing so yeah. much and smiling so mm -hmm. much. That was, that was, uh, yes, that was a very, very funny one. I also think actually when you came on to the Christmas episode, just to give another shameless plug to oh, yeah. the broadcast episode, that that got wonderfully chaotic as well. And uh, <laughs> it, we were, it was around the time of COVID and we were talking about how hard it was by turkeys and Sarah, you were talking about you've got all the nut roast in the world that you could ever want. So <laughs> I think you became our snow queen at that point. And uh, so, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thank always, you very much. Always <laughs> chaos. <laughs> oh, anytime. Uh, we, if you enjoyed listening to us talking about shark films slash Jaws, uh, me and MJ have got a, another podcast where we talk about Martin Scorsese films. Uh, Rob, are you down to come on? You probably are. I need to talk to you about that, yes, because uh, I would like to come on for one. But, um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I think the other Rob has uh, snatched one up early. He did, I think. Yeah. There's, defi yeah, yeah, there's definitely a Rob on our uh, spread, it's not uh, one of the, spreadsheet. It's not, one of the, not a Scorsese. Yeah, it's one of the companion films, actually. Uh, uh, let me see. You look it up while yep. I continue to do the plug. <clears throat> uh, Let's Party with Marty is the name of that podcast. Uh, we are going through every film directed by Martin Scorsese and the accompanying film from his letterbox list that he has sort of put as a, this will be a great companion film uh, for this. We've covered, we've 
two Marty films and two non-Marty films so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I think that's right. Yeah. I'm trying to think when this episode's going to go out. Yes, I think that should be yep. right. Um, but yeah, plenty. Plenty more to come. I think that's going to be about 98 episodes in total. Not counting any bonus ones we might do. So yep. yeah. Provided Scorsese in the early make stages. movie between now and then. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah there is there is that we'll cont- i hope that the list goes into the hundreds because i never want that man to stop making movies right. uh did yeah. you look find out what uh what the other rob is is down to down yep, to do the day of the jackal oh that's a good one ah. not seen it i think he was the first person to like go for like a non-scorsese mm-hmm. film which was nice because all the big ones went kind of quite early on although still like lots left um but yeah, it's always nice when someone's just like passionately wants to do yeah. one of the like the non-Scorsese films. Um, yes, yeah, so you can find that podcast wherever you found this one. Uh, we are on all of the various social medias. Poll information coming uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Jaws for a minute. Uh, I am going to put out uh, once this episode has gone out. I'm going to put out a Twitter poll to decide our next season very exciting uh always get a little nervous when that poll goes out because it's just like the fate of the next season of lg is in the audience's hands uh but that's the that's the way we like to do it very close call in the patron poll to the point where i had to do a coin flip uh to decide so we carry over everything that didn't get picked last time so we've still got uh sure shida dreyfus seasons uh could be picked uh and then it came down to spielberg season two and monster movies on the patron poll uh and the coin flip determined monster movies is going to be our fourth uh one competing against uh those hey, those three others so i will yeah. put i'm <laughs> yeah i really <laughs> want to do <laughs> not to not to sway the poll i really want to do monster movies but i also really want to do shida season I want to do all yeah. of them because there's great films on on all of those lists. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll put out that poll. Um, go and vote for which one you want to do. Uh, this does mean that uh, this will be a last episode, not for like l- long. I think we'll be back like mid February time. Promise. Promise. <laughs> as long as no major life disasters events happen between now and then it will just be a month and we will not be on like a six seven month i hate this like we were last time oh i just feel quite anxious about this but we will be back don't worry it will just be you feel anxious about it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) the usual just between seasons break that we that we take to to get things sorted and get guests arranged and all the rest of it um but yes so we will be back with whatever our next season is very exciting uh, at some point uh, other stuff uh, you can find all of our links patreon where to buy merch etc on our socials in the link tree you can find us individually on twitter at sarah buttery and at mjsmith891 and you can contact us by email jaws for a minute at gmail.com uh, if you i guess if you don't have twitter and you want to vote in that poll send an email we'll count we'll count those in as well uh, want to be mindful that a lot of people have taken the decision to not be on Twitter, which congrats. Uh, well done. <laughs> uh, including you, Rob, right? One of the Robs is yeah, not I on get, Twitter anymore. Yeah, we we both came off in terms of um, personal accounts, but yes. uh, 
yes, had to compromise and go, well, we'll keep the movie Robcast one there. But yeah, um, yeah. But I get was, that. Yeah, yeah. But it makes like, sense. But yeah, we. Yeah, but I uh, yeah, yeah, do need to go over to Blue Sky as well. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. I, well, I'm not very active posting uh, podcast wise on those other yeah. things, but we are there, and I do check them um, periodically if people want to find us there. But yeah, uh, if you don't have Twitter or any of the other things, then send us an email with your preference out of those four that I mentioned um, for our next season. I'll count those in the votes as well. So until next time, in a month or so's time, uh, it's Jaws o'clock somewhere. <laughs>